As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to the latest Head of the Pack. Post-game edition, week eight edition. I'm Matt Schneiman here with Bill Huber. Bill's back in Wisconsin. I am in a Holiday Inn in Peoria, Arizona right now. Just got back from the stadium since we were kicked out of the press box. Man, we get to cover some pretty damn good games covering this team. That was ridiculous. Packers 24, Cardinals 21. The Packers without Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Alan Lazard, David Bakhtiari, Jair Alexander, Zadarius Smith, Josh Myers, Kevin King. The list goes on and on and on. And they, Is that all? Uh, there was probably more. <laughs> that's, that's all you got? <laughs> they march into Arizona and give the Cardinals their first loss of the season. Yes, the Cardinals didn't have J.J. Watt. DeAndre Hopkins was a little banged up, but the Packers had no business winning that game. And the fact that they did was remarkable. It's a damn good team. I don't. I mean, I don't. I, I you know, I, I have all these little nuggets I put at the end of my story on you know, MVP, what the game means, and all these things. And you know, with the game in flux, I couldn't really do much about them until the game was over. But before the game was over, I said the Packers are a great team because that was solidified. Win or lose, that was irrelevant. That, that Matt Lafleur can take these guys. And even be competitive. I mean, the Cardinals are a really good football team. And to even be competitive today without that gigantic list of players you just listed is amazing. To win it on top of it is just, it's dumbfounding. Yeah, the Texans are Texans. Jeez, it's a long night. <laughs> Cardinals had some guys out. But if, if you want to look at the tail of the tape, I think the Packers had more key guys out. Absolutely. By a mile. I mean, unbelievable victory tonight. And I want to start with this. The cool story of Rasul Douglas. Um, here he is on Arizona's practice squad about a month ago, and, and I thought it was a, an interesting quote he gave tonight. Um, he, he basically said he hadn't been on a practice squad in his five years in the NFL. He's a fifth-year corner out of West Virginia, um, 2017 third-round pick of the Eagles. In the past year, he's been on four teams. Uh, the Raiders signed him in free agency, uh, he, he had spent the first couple years of his career with, uh, no, I spent the 2020, first couple years of his career with the Eagles, 
sorry, I'm, I'm noodle brain right now. It's 1.30 in the morning. Um, first couple of years of his career with the Eagles, then played for the Panthers in 2020. Raiders signed him in free agency. Then Texans, then Cardinals, now the Packers. And, you know, what he said to us tonight was you feel like you're working for nothing when, when you're on a practice squad. He had never been on a practice squad before. Packers call after Jair Alexander's shoulder injury in week four. And, you know, he doesn't play the first couple games, but after Isaac Yadam's disastrous first drive in Chicago, Rasul Douglas gets thrown in there and he hasn't relinquished his spot yet. And on the biggest snap of his brief Packers career, um, I'm not too well-versed on the rest of his career, so maybe it's the biggest snap of his entire career. I was fully convinced the Cardinals were going to score and win that game. At least send it to overtime at the very least. But the Packers send a zero blitz. Kyler Murray fires one to A.J. Green in the back right corner of the end zone. A.J. Green doesn't turn around. Rasul Douglas makes a really nice toe-tapping catch and waves goodbye to the crowd. You can't make this stuff up. This is a team that didn't deem him worthy of a 53-man roster spot a month ago. And now here he is making an interception in that same stadium to knock off the the best team in football, or who was the best team in football. On October 6th, when the Packers officially signed him, the cornerback news that day was Stephon Gilmore. That was the day that Stephon Gilmore was on the trade block, and he allegedly wanted to come to Green Bay and all these things to get shipped to Carolina. And it's like, oh, by the way, as we get out to practice that day, Matt, oh, by the way, the Packers signed Rasul Douglas to the practice squad. It's like, yeah, you can't write it's the guy's first interception since 2018. It's been, I think, 1,230 days between interceptions. Unbelievable. I mean, it was a, I don't want to say a boneheaded play, but it's clearly Murray and AJ Green weren't on the same page. Right. Green, Green was run blocking. That was a hell of a catch. I mean, he's getting blocked by Green, and he somehow gets away from him, kind of taps it to himself and picks it. That was a hell of a good play. And, yeah, I thought I thought the game was over. I was, you know, I thought they're going to lose the game right there, and there, I mean, there's no reason to think otherwise. They're colonels and marched right in the field, but these guys are a resilient, resourceful bunch. Ooh, sorry, I'm Matt's, yawning. Matt's yawning, by the way. It is late. <laughs> it, it's it's late, but it's interesting because the Packers haven't scored 30 points since Week Three. They also haven't allowed more than 22. Since week one, that's really good. You know, you think at some point the offense is going to really start clicking, figure it out, especially with all their guys back. Um, or they, they seem to lose one big one tonight, which we'll touch on later. But Adrian Amos was talking about the identity of this team kind of earlier in the week with us back in Green Bay. And he said, you know, people see this as a team – we got a future Hall of Fame quarterback, and people think as long as we do our job, you know, it should be fine because Aaron Rodgers is always going to do his. And essentially saying that the identity of this team is an offensive one. I asked him tonight, you know, what's the de- in the last seven weeks, what's the defense said about what the identity of this team is? And he kind of gave a cliche answer. But the point is, this isn't just a, oh, Aaron Rodgers has to win games with his arm. They ran the ball extremely well tonight. They played incredible defense. I think Jerry Gray deserves a lot of props coming in as the defensive play caller. Hadn't been a DC in eight years. 
uh, fills in for Joe Barry, who tests positive for COVID on Monday. It's just a really well-rounded team. And, and the interesting thing is it still seems like they haven't put it all together yet, whether that be with on-the-field performance or with all the guys they have out. Green Bay Packers are a scary team, and if the Arizona Cardinals were the were the number one team in everyone's power rankings, I I, I have to submit my power rankings votes for the Athletic tomorrow. Not tomorrow after after Monday night game. My days are all messed up. I might put the Packers at number one. Why shouldn't I? No reason not to. I I mean I, yeah, we all had Arizona number one, and if you if you knock off that team on the road. And again, you just got to look down the road where, you know, I, you assume that Devontae will be back next week. I mean, it's COVID, you never know, but, you know, maybe he's back next week. And I would think Belda Scantling's back next week. And Bakhtiari? Lazard and Bakhtiari. This is, kind of the big, this is kind of the game we've all been targeting is the Chiefs game. So, yeah, the offense hasn't been very good by their historic standards, but. It all starts up front when you don't have your all pro left tackle. That's it's hard to get around that. They're they're going to be at full strength. These guys are a, a they got to be feeling it. I mean, Rodgers Rodgers has never been one to shy away from from big picture talk. I bet he's going home tonight thinking, "My God, we've got a shot at it this year." And there's no reason not to. These guys are really good, and they're only going to get better once they get their guys back. And you know, Jair Alexander gets back. Look out. And, you know, in, in prior years, in 2019, it was that flub against the Chargers in L.A. It was the blowout against the 49ers. Last year, it was the blowout against the Buccaneers. Like, these middle-of-the-season se- middle road trips that the Packers have taken to L.A., to, to Santa Clara, to Tampa. Like, under Matt LaFleur, there have been these middle-of-the-season road trips they just get blown out on. The, I know I understand the Packers you know, got out to a 10 nothing lead against the Buccaneers last year, but with a little bit of adversity, they just fold, it, typically. The Cardinals scored first, and you know the Packers didn't get a first down on their first two drives, and you're thinking, this is going to be another one of those games. They're banged up. They have every reason or every expectation to just crumple. Cardinals score first, raucous environment, undefeated team, it was pretty healthy, middle of the season, trip to Arizona across the country on a short week. Packers should probably fold. Not, not that they should, but that's the expectation. And they didn't. And I honestly think, yes, there's only one game further that you can go than the Packers teams of the last, of the last two years have gone. But the Packers tonight showed me that they're different. They're better than that team because the old Packers would have just folded after that opening drive, gone down a couple scores, resorted to just throwing the ball all over the place to catch up, but they didn't. And and that's the real sign of growth from this team. Yeah, it's all these close games that they've won. You know, it's been so easy. You know, last year they scored a million points. It, w- it was so easy for a lot of these games. Um, they, had, they had to hold off the Niners in week three. You know, Pittsburgh was kind of ugly-ish. Obviously, Cincinnati was a gut-check kind of game that kind of went back and forth. Um, they had to put together a late drive to knock off the Bears. It's they've they've had to scratch and claw, and these you think these character building wins should help them down the road. Um, you know, one thing you know the Packers have played bad run defense forever, right? It just year after year after year. You know, the Cardinals have a great running game. Chase Edmonds is averaging about six per carry coming in. Murray can run. 
It's 74 yards. Dylan out ran him by himself. Um, it's it's a toughness factor that I haven't seen. Um, you know, maybe maybe it's Rashawn Gary getting more snaps. He's you know he's a tough guy. Obviously, Devondre Campbell. We've seen that. You know, Dean Lowry's playing better than he ever has. It, it's you know maybe maybe my guy Joe Barry's a good defensive coordinator. Your guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean you. I mean fans were irate when they hired the guy because everybody looked at his uh, lack of success in Washington and Detroit. Um, I got, I got to go Detroit. All right, All right but, Mike McCarthy. Um, but was it 20, 22 points and six in a row, right? I mean, that's – yeah, they got they up to 20. Yeah. yeah, 20 against San Francisco. So it's 17 against Pittsburgh, 22 against Cincy, 14 Chicago, 10 Washington, 21 tonight. It's five in a row of 22 or less. Right, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking. I forgot about the San Francisco game, and then That's obviously right. I, I seventeen to Detroit. Um, it, it was really impressive what they did. Twenty-one points tonight against a team that was averaging over thirty-two per game this season. It's pretty impressive. And then uh, a good true media stat: the Packers registered pressures on Kyler Murray on eighteen of his thirty-three passing plays. It's pretty good. Rashawn Gary had four. And then Dean Lowry, Preston Smith, and Whitney Merciless had three pressures tonight. Where'd that guy come from? I mean, and like you said, 74 rushing yards, 3.7 yards per carry. And what was most impressive was you're facing the most dangerous running quarterback in the league. And you hold him to six carries for 21 yards with a a long of, of nine. That's really good. They didn't allow him to get outside, you know, there was that play late in the fourth quarter where I believe they ran a read option and Murray kind of started around the edge and Darnell Savage read it perfectly and took mm-hmm. him down from behind. Um, that could have been the game-winning touchdown right there. And, and Darnell Savage read it perfectly. Devondre Campbell had some good contain. Rashawn Gary, you know, pursues running plays from behind unlike anyone I've seen around no here in kidding. the last couple of years. It, it's really impressive what they're doing um, in the running game on defense. And I, I know the Cardinals had a couple explosive plays, but the Packers kept everything in front. And aside from that, you know, that last drive where they had a couple chunk plays and the incredible double move or whatever you want to call it by DeAndre Hopkins early on Eric Stokes, Packers defense did a really nice job tonight, I think. That play by Hopkins was unbelievable. I've, unbelievable. I've never, I have never seen anything like that. Where the receiver just kind of, he, he almost stopped like mid-route, and then he started, it was amazing. Eric Stokes is a damn good player, though. You know, he gives up one he of the, he, he, he gets beat once or twice every game, generally early, and then he, then he shuts the door. And I, look, I realized Hopkins missed half the game probably, and he's wasn't less than 100% today, but. Stokes is really good. And if you can get Alexander back, and I, Shannon Sullivan, I think, has really played well in the slot. Though that's that could be a winning trio. Where are you putting Kevin King? <laughs> um, inactive list with an injury of some sort, probably. <laughs> Jesus, Jalen Smith won't be here much longer. Oh man, that was that's something. Healthy scratch. You know, the, yeah, yeah. These coaches talk up these guys week after week, right? Yeah, we thought he played good. I, you know, I asked Oba Dottie last week. It looked like he was just kind of running around out there. <laughs> And they say all these good things about him, but then push comes to shove. Here they are, 
healthy scratch. And you can't help but we, we talked about this on, on text before the game. If you've got Bakhtiari and MVS coming back, yeah, and a 52 man roster, someone's going to have to go. And you know, maybe it's not Jalen Smith, maybe it's I was going to say Tyler Davis or tight end, but they might need him now. But uh, yeah, it's certainly not encouraging for Jalen Smith. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's talk about the running game. Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur's buzzword is outstanding. Aaron Rodgers only uses it when applicable. He said A.J. Dillon has been outstanding. <laughs> um, after you lose two fumbles last week. God, that's a funny what? line. That's a funny line. I'm sorry. Anyway, go on. A.J. Dillon loses or, or fumbles twice last week, loses one of them, comes back, 16 carries for 78 yards. And it's funny hearing, you know, Brian Gutekunst sits in the press box at away games along with the rest of the Packers front office, and he sat directly behind me today. and um, Or it might have been one seat to the right behind me. Regardless, you can kind of hear some of the commentary that they have, and obviously I can't share all of it, but there were times where he was – you know, commenting on A.J. Dillon's cutback ability. And in, in mid-run, he would be like, ooh, nice cut, A.J. There's a reason A.J. Dillon has said both he and Aaron Jones can be lightning and thunder. You saw Aaron Jones plow through uh, Isaiah Simmons, I believe it was, for that touchdown. Or, or not plow through yep. him, but carry him into the end zone, essentially. You saw A.J. Dillon with a couple really nice cutbacks, like the one we saw in Chicago a couple weeks ago, to get into the open field. There weren't many runs where the Packers were just stuffed at the line of scrimmage. Um, I believe they only had one run for a loss of yardage. Yeah, only one run for a loss of yards. I, I thought they ran the ball really well. Aaron Rodgers was extremely complimentary of the running game. The passing game obviously wasn't great. It's not going to be when you're without your top three receivers. But the running game carried the Packers today after a, a rough week last week when they didn't get many opportunities and they were able to stick with it because they had a lead. And, you know, sometimes over the years, Matt LaFleur has gone away from it when they've fell behind in games like these, but they stuck with it. A.J. Dillon had a really nice bounce-back game. Aaron Jones, obviously, good as always. So I, I was really impressed with the running game tonight. Yeah, a Dillon really, really was determined today. He, I would say, I wish I had my notebook with me. It's upstairs. Um, I would, I would, I would guess three quarters of his yards were after contact. And you, I mean, usually significant chunks. I mean, he he'd get hit at two, he gets five. He'd get hit at three, he gets seven. He was, he was running with determination that I haven't seen probably since the Tennessee game. Maybe he just needs to get those carries mm-hmm. that he got tonight 
to get into that flow. But I just have not seen him run like he did tonight. He was really good. Um, you mentioned the cutback. He had that run, one run down to the three that Seth the Aaron Jones touchdown that you referenced before, too, where it, a good cut. Um, that was a hell of a performance. I remember I said in the press box last week after he fumbled for the first time, and I said, I'm not convinced that he's very good. And then he comes out tonight and just ran over the Cardinals all night long. He was he had a hell of a good game. Um, that Jones touchdown run, Matt, was something. You see the low man wins, and he just bullied a first-round pick into the end zone. Yeah, and I mean, it obviously hurt the Cardinals that they lost Zavin Collins, their rookie first-rounder, their middle linebacker. But, you know, it's kind of a wash, the injuries. Hopkins did come back in. He, he seemed like he had kind of a limp, but, you know, it's more than the Packers had their star receiver for, and you lose J.J. Watt, your, one of your best edge rushers, but the Packers don't have Zedarius Smith. You know, they lose Zavin Collins. Oh, well, the Packers don't have two other receivers, their best cornerback, uh, another starting cornerback, their starting center. Packers win the uh, excuse battle with injuries, but they they won the game, so they don't have to use those excuses. Um, since we're talking run game, Matt, I want to ask you one thing, mm-hmm. since you were there. Um, I think everybody watching from home who can't see what you guys can see, or wondering why the Packers didn't run the ball down at the goal line. I know LaFleur talked about what Arizona yeah. was doing down there. Yeah, it, they were just really stacking the box. It, they would have liked to have some of those back in hindsight, but, you know, the, the Cardinals were just loading up the box. So the Packers didn't really have that many options on that fourth and one uh, late in the fourth quarter. Rodgers said if he had handed it off, there would have been three guys there who – just stuffed Aaron Jones, I believe it was. But I know you're talking about the after the uh, muffed punt and recovered fumble by Ty Summers, the three chances from the three, and they passed it on every one. Makes one run in there, yeah. But in hindsight, you want to have those back. You know, Matt LaFleur was obviously kicking himself for a couple play calls there, especially near the goal line. But you can laugh about it. Um because they won, and as Aaron Rodgers loves to say, a coach's favorite thing is to still have things to correct after a win. Yeah, I, th- I believe one of the things that LaFleur mentioned was that the Cardinals were running their goal line defense, even not on the goal line, that they had, I think, in one, I think on one play he said they had nine big guys out there, which I assume means defensive linemen, edge guys, and inside linebackers, nine bigs, and it's hard to run against nine bigs. That was one, one of the things that he was talking about. Yeah, I, I mean... I wrote my story tonight about a couple of the unsung heroes. I kind of wrote vignettes on Rasul Douglas, Randall Cobb, and, and Jerry Gray. And Randall Cobb only had three catches for 15 yards. So not that big of an impact player, but at the same time, a very big impact player. Two of those were touchdowns. Really nice touchdown catches on both two, both to put the Packers up two scores. And, you know, he was thrust into wide receiver one duties. Didn't have the numbers of a wide receiver one, but... Down near the goal line, Devontae Adams is that guy. Alan Lazard is that guy, that big body. And the Packers can't just run the ball. They don't have anyone who can go up and get a 50-50 ball until Randall Cobb, Randy Moss, Byron Murphy Jr. today, and then runs a really nice route, loses Murphy again uh, on the slant on his second touchdown catch. Those are the reasons that Aaron Rodgers wanted him back so badly. He's not going to go for 12 catches and 140 yards every game, but... 
Him and Rodgers are always on the same page. He's going to run a crisp route. He has great hands, and he's going to come up with timely plays when you need him the most. Yeah, we saw why tonight, why Cobb is way ahead of Amari Rodgers in, in that slot. Oh, boy. I, remember, I, I just didn't see Amari Rodgers after that opening sequence. Yeah, it was, uh, it was not good. I mean, they threw that pass toward the goal line where you know, we've seen that play a, a thousand times at practice where the receiver's supposed to run parallel and he was not. And Rodgers threw the ball where he was supposed to be and the ball hits the ground. Uh, look, he'll be fine in time, but this is why veteran guys who want to go win championships want to be surrounded by veteran guys. Yep. And same thing with Jawan Winfrey. You know, Rodgers said those young guys were nervous. Winfrey had a drop. And then he would have scored a touchdown if he didn't he would have, yep. fumble the ball. He made a nice move in the open field, but he was he fooled himself out too. He was too quick for his own good, and he fumbled it and then kicked it out of bounds. That would have been a touchdown. But what are you yep. going to do? Not, 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 yeah, not, not an impressive day by those guys, but... You know what's what do you, you know what do you expect, right? I mean, these guys haven't had any any reps of them. They've been on the practice squad, so they'll be better in time if they need them. They will, maybe. Let's tackle the uh, unfortunate news of the night for the Packers. Robert Tunyon, um, after a nice thirty-three yard catch and run, he tries to stiff arm his guy to the ground, and I couldn't see it from where I was, but he just went down, clutching at his left knee, the back of his left knee. Um, he limped off, was in the medical tent, limped to the, the um, locker room with rehab coordinator Nate Weir. And Nicole Menner, who, who covers the team for Fox 11, the local TV station, said she saw Tunyon on crutches after the game. And I asked Matt LaFleur the last question of his press conference um, if he knew anything else about you know, Tunyon's knee injury. I've never seen Matt LaFleur get as emotional as he did after that question you know there have been times when he's upset and frustrated but he was downright sad talking about Robert Tunyon said I'm sick for Bobby he used the word sick multiple times he didn't offer any specifics on long-term short-term whatever but it did not sound good yeah he said he didn't know but yeah that tone of the tone of his voice and the words um yeah they spoke volumes you're right I have never heard LaFleur talk with reverence about anyone quite like that day, talking about how just how proud of how proud he was of Tunyon for kind of building himself into the player that he's become. He's become a hell of a good player on the most humble of roots. And yeah, huge loss, man. I mean, what do you do? You gotta go get someone at the trade deadline. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, you just I mean Mercedes Mercedes Lewis is a hell of a good player. And that was a great touchdown catch that he's just out of bounds on, but that yeah, should that, count. They should have counted that. that. That they should have counted that just for fun. <laughs> and DeGuara is a good role player, and Daphne's a good role player, but they're not. They're not built to be that kind of player that that Tunyon is. That six five guy who can get down the field. So I, I have no idea who's available at that position. But that's you think they gotta go looking. Someone that comes to mind, um, Evan Engram from the Giants. He was the Pro Bowl tight end over Tunyon last year. A uh, former first-round pick from Ole Miss, the Giants stink. So he he could be a guy that they that they go look for. Has had some issues with drops, but you need a guy who's a pass-catching tight end because Daphne Deguara and Mercedes Lewis are not. If Tunyon is in fact what it seems, which you would think that it's a torn ACL, um, you you got to go out and get someone for this offense. 
Yep, absolutely right. Killer injury, for sure. Killer. But they've had them all year long, right? And they'll, that's the, the cruel business of the NFL. You just plug another guy in and, you know, they go on with their day. But um, let's get to some questions. I know in the chaos of that game, I didn't put out a call right before. I did get a couple DMs from people uh, offering their questions before I, we put out the call, which is always greatly appreciated. So I'll start with, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Ricard Westman from Sweden. A Packer fan from Sweden. Thanks for listening. Nice. Is, De- is Devondre Campbell the best inside linebacker in football, and is it crazy to already love him and induct him into the Hall of Fame? <laughs> Maybe Hall of Fame's, Hall of Fame's a little premature, but... You know, the Cardinals got an up-close-and-personal look today at where their GM has gone wrong, letting Rasul Douglas sign with the Packers, uh, letting Devondre Campbell walk in free agency. Yeah, Campbell kind of got stuck in no-man's land on that big gain. I believe it was Chase Edmonds, uh, that explosive passing play on that final drive late in the fourth quarter. But it looked like Preston... I didn't see a replay, but Preston Smith got held on the play. Seemed to be the common sentiment on Twitter. Yeah, he's held a lot, I would say. Okay. Um, but yeah, Devondre Campbell's a stud. Played really well again tonight. He had that, you know, he cut off the edge on a Rondale Moore reverse really nicely to, to hold him to a loss of one yard. Kyler Murray stepped up in the pocket when the middle of the field kind of opened up and he was going to run, and Devondre Campbell got him down for a sack before he was able to. Guy's a stud absolute revelation we're going to talk about him probably every week because we are so stunned that the Packers have an inside linebacker of his caliber how he was just waiting for them this summer on the street is beyond me still yep middle of June unreal to get to to get a pro bowl caliber linebacker middle of June is just ridiculous you know to his to his question I, I, I would think maybe Tampa Bay's guys are better yeah but probably not by much. I know coming into this game, he it was him and, um, oh, for God's sakes, the guy from the Colts, uh, Darius Leonard. Leonard. Darius Leonard. They were the only players in the league who had um, two interceptions, two forced fumbles, and three passes defense. They were the only guys who had that, and Campbell had you know, like a 20-tackle edge. So he's having a hell of a good year. From Evgeny, for those who didn't watch the game and only the highlights, who is the unsung hero for the Packers? You know, obviously the Rasul Douglas moment was great. Um, you saw the Randall Cobb highlights. Unsung hero. I'd have to watch the tape back, but Rodgers made sure to shout out the offensive line, the protection. I saw John Runyon Jr. getting dirty in there a couple times, pushing guys forward. Against that Cardinals pass rush, yes, I know they didn't have J.J. Watt, but Marcus Golden, Chandler Jones is one of the better, more underrated edge-rushing duos in the league. Rodgers was only sacked once. Obviously, the offensive line blocked really well for the running game. They used a lot of quick game passing, a lot of screens. But I thought the offensive line as a whole was an unsung hero today. Yeah, I was going to go with the tackles there, too. You mentioned Jones and... And Golden, they had they had a combined, I think, six force fumbles heading into today's game. And, and I know I know Jones had the one fingertip deflection. 
Um, but yeah, I didn't, didn't hear from those guys much. Out. That's probably a lot, obviously a lot of that's game plan related. Um, how about the world's greatest punter? Oh, if you want an unsung hero, I mean, he had that nasty punt. They got muffed and recovered at the three yard line, and they get they got nothing out of it, or not nothing, but they didn't get a touch out of it. But that was uh, the guy's a hell of a good punter, and that was uh, I know didn't you didn't you retweet something from McAfee on the on the on the spin on that? Yeah, he dropped it, I believe sideways so it got that kind of left to right spin instead of you know top to bottom but i thought his first punt was incredible it looked like a shank off his foot literally it was so close to the sideline that rondale moore his momentum catching it carried him out of bounds it was incredible 58 yards right out off the sideline i mean the dude is a stud has incredible and then he had the other one where I believe it was deep down the middle, but it was a holding penalty on or not. It might have been returned. I forget. But regardless, Bajorquez is a really good punter. Brian Gutekunst is pulling all the right levers with these guys. Obviously, trading for Cobb was more Aaron Rodgers' thing. But Devondre Campbell, Corey Bajorquez, um, drafting Eric Stokes. We talked about, yes, it's kind of like Jair Alexander in that he's going to have a glaring mistake, but he's going to rebound well. And going against DeAndre Hopkins is only going to help you in the long run. Bohorka's three punts, 46.7-yard net, two instead of 20. That's a uh, fairly good day at the office for the punter. What do we got next? How about from Tony Fox? This is kind of a, a big-picture one here. Do the Packers need to seriously consider retaining both Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers in the offseason and trade love before the deadline or at some point? I think they definitely need to retain Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's not Aaron Rodgers won't be a free agent, so they don't need to do anything to literally retain him. I guess it's up to him about whether he wants to come back or not. But, yeah, they got to get Devontae Adams back. I know we've talked about that before. Um, it depends on what, what they think they have in Jordan Love. We don't see him practice. We, we saw him play through an injury-hampered preseason. He was okay, had some flashes. Is he ready to take over the reins of being the Green Bay Packers starting quarterback? Not from my perspective, but I only watch him throw routes on air every day. So (laughs) who knows what's going on behind the scenes? I think they need him as their backup this year, but I wouldn't say it's out of the question. The, the, The real question is, will Brian Gutekunst be able to swallow his pride and his ego and admit that perhaps he erred in drafting Jordan Love and, and trade him. Because right there, that says, this guy's not the future. He's not good enough. I made a mistake drafting him in the first round. Would Gutekunst admit that by trading him? That is such a great comment, Matt. All these guys have huge egos, and we've seen it time and again from every GM in every sport where a guy screws up and he just won't admit it and it's just like throwing throwing dry kindling onto a fire. It just it's a great point, Matt. Does is will he suck it up and say, you know what, I screwed up? And you're right, it is up to Rogers, right? Ultimately, we've been told basically this is it's, it's if Rogers wants to go, he can go, right? Mm-hmm. Does this guy does he sound like a guy who wants to go? Not at all. Not to me, he doesn't. Not at all. 
I think he's how the singers change over four months. I think he said to Aaron Andrews after the game, I love it here in Green Bay. And he said that to McAfee. He said yep. it to us. He's praising the front office for signing fourth string edge rushers. I mean, maybe we're in the heat of heat of the moment and heat of joy, but seems to love it here. Let's go to Robert Greenwood. I felt like before the season, this was the most pivotal game for Green Bay. Now this weekend acts like a buy off a win. A late season buy leads us to some tough middle of the season games. Agree? Yeah, I would agree. I think this comes this mini buy comes at the perfect time with all the injuries. You know, Rogers gave his his spiel to the team in the locker room that we've heard before about the G the G follows you outside the facility. You know, it's Halloween weekend. Guys might be going out of town on, on the couple days they have a, a break for. It's a good time for the break, but as Rogers said, Packers don't need anyone else getting in trouble or getting COVID or getting hurt. But yes, much needed rest before a Kansas City team that needs a win real bad. Three and four, who would have guessed that? They stink. Your schedule's brutal though, Matt. They're, they're, they're stink. <laughs> there are two home games coming up. Seattle and the Rams, that will both be coming off buys. And Seattle might be getting Russell Wilson back for that game. But Russell yeah, Wilson so has home games. Russell Wilson has never won at Lambeau Field. I believe he's 0-4 or 0-5 in his career. Right. But having those two home games against those teams coming off buys is uh, not ideal. Um, no land. What are your thoughts on the defense stopping arguably, arguably the most explosive player in the NFL coming off a short week without their DC? It's incredibly impressive. What I was impressed most with, as I said before, was limiting him running the ball. Kyler Murray could run for 150 yards if he wanted to against most teams. I shouldn't say that. He's capable of doing it. They allowed Taylor Heineke to run for damn near 100 yards last week, and to limit Murray to 6 for 21 and only one, no explosive runs, only one nine-yard rush, really, really impressive. They could just get those guys back. I, I just keep coming back to it. It is a passing league, and you're looking at the playoffs where you're going to have to face Stafford, Brady, um, maybe Russell Wilson, maybe Kirk Cousins. It's such a quarterback-driven league that you better have answers against those quarterbacks. And if Stokes keeps turning this way, and if Alexander can get back, this pass rush has been legit good all season long, or not all season, for the last, what, three, four games? Yeah. Um, to me, these guys have the ingredients of being a championship-caliber defense. I agree. And they've, we'll done it, they've done it consistently enough. And, yes, they have been a defense that's been opportunistic. But, you know, I was talking with Rob after the game tonight. In 2010, they were opportunistic. And, yeah, you think, oh, it's eventually going to run out at some point. But 2010, it didn't. So, who knows if it will this year. Last one here from Philly Kev. Can the Packers bring in another weapon, maybe Cooks, OBJ, or a guy like Alshon Jeffrey off the street? Or is it just unrealistic to expect because of their cap situation? I think it's more unrealistic to expect because they're happy with the guys they have. You know, as we talked about, I think the weapon they'd have to bring in is that tight end because of Tunyon's injury, right. if it is as serious as it seems. Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Alan Lazard, that's good enough. Randall Cobb, that's good enough. You don't, you don't need an Odell Beckham Jr. Don't, don't 
mess with what you already have. Short, those guys, Brandon Cooks, Odell Beckham Jr. are good players, but is it is it really that necessary? He'd have to come in, learn a whole new offense for what? Don't 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 fix don't try and fix what's not broken. I think that's the saying. But do try and fix the tight end position because you need someone to catch passes there. Yeah, the help at receiver that they need, his name is Marquez Veldez Scantling. Yeah. That's 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 the help that they need. I mean, Riders, I think you asked about the long ball stuff last week. Um, and he just said it's because they don't have Veldez Scantling. So yeah, it seems logical enough. Pretty simple. I have the last question here for you. All right. From John P. How am I going to function at work tomorrow? It's Friday. It's, it's Halloween question. weekend. John P., good luck, man. That's all I got to say. Coffee. Coffee? I have one word for you, John. Coffee. Coffee. I shall be consuming mass quantities of it after I take a nap and get up in a couple hours. There you go. Coffee. Drink your coffee, even though I'm not a coffee drinker. Listen to this podcast. We can't thank you guys enough. We'll have a nice little break for you uh, before Packers play the Chiefs next Sunday. Much needed break for the Packers. A little bit of a nice break for us. We'll talk to you guys next week. For Bill, I'm Matt. Appreciate you guys, as always, for listening.